From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring John DeShazer, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's John DeShazer. Well, hello, and how goes it here on this Monday, November 11th? This is the Black and Blue Report, and no, this is not Sean Kelly. I know I stole his opening line, but this is John DeShazer sitting in. I'm the substitute teacher of the day. Kelly is in the City of Angels with the Pelicans, who had a tough loss in Phoenix last night. Uh, Kelly, unfortunately for, for the Pelicans, I guess maybe he brings them some luck. But he was at the Superdome, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, on Sunday night for the Saints' 49-17 victory over the Dallas Cowboys. And he got on the road on the, I don't know if you call it the red eye or the earliest thing, smoking out this morning. And he went on to uh, catch up with the beloved Pelicans. So he will have the call on Tuesday night when the Pelicans take on the Los Angeles Lakers. But today, you're stuck with me, folks. And uh, so we're going to do a little review in here. Um, I was also in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome for that game on Sunday night. And I guess the thing that stands out uh, the most from that game, really, I think by far the Saints' most complete game of this season. Um, everything clicked offensively, defensively. Uh, if you want to you know, nitpick a little bit, uh, kicker Garrett Hartley did miss a field goal attempt. But other than that, I can't think of a more dominating performance you know, in a long time for the Saints. And they've had some great ones under Coach Sean Payton since 2006. But certainly, 49-17 uh, to 17 at home where it was just as thorough as, as it sounds. Uh, Saints end up with a first down advantage of 40-9. to nine. Uh, they convert nine of 12 on third down and, and hold the Cowboys, you know, without a conversion on third down, 0 for 9. Uh, Saints throw the football for 392 yards. They run it for another 242 yards, and they might be the first team in NFL history to run it for more than 230 and throw it for more than 380 in, in the same game. Uh, they set a franchise regular season record for total yards, 625 yards. Uh, they just did so many wonderful things in that game. And I think, uh, you know, you really you look at how things went and, and, and so many superlatives went into it that so many things just kind of fall through the cracks because there were so many good things. Mark Ingram gets his first 100-yard rushing game of his career, 14 carries for 145 yards and a touchdown. And certainly Mark has has had a target on his back for, for quite some time now. So, you know, maybe uh, Saints fans will warm to him a little bit more with that performance. And, and, and the Saints defense rose up, especially in the passing game. Uh, you know, you knew that Dallas likes to throw the football. Well, Tony Romo only threw it 24 times, only completed 10 of those passes for 128 yards and a touchdown. And we suspected that Dallas – might decide to try to run the football against the Saints after the Saints allowed the Jets to run for 198 yards and a couple of touchdowns on about 34 carries the week before. But even though DeMarco Murray from Dallas had some success, 16 carries for 89 yards and a touchdown, he was not the factor that, that Dallas certainly hoped he would be and, and that the Saints fans might have feared he would be. Uh, again, you know, as complete 
of victory, as you will see from the Saints. Marcus Colston with 100 yards receiving his first 100-yard game of the season. And Kenny Stills makes another long grab, a 52-yard touchdown. And so, again, the Saints really clicked in every way you could possibly think they would click. Uh, Drew Brees, you know, noted that, you know, if you hold a team to 0 for 9 on third down, which is so critical, you know, third down conversions, because that really controls tempo and it controls the clock. If you hold a team, you know, if you shut them out on third down, generally you're going to win that football game. And certainly I don't know the last time that I can remember a team going 0 for 9 on third down. And in addition to that, and probably because of that, the Saints basically held a 2-1 to advantage in time of possession, 39 minutes and 32 seconds to 20 minutes and 28 seconds for the Cowboys. So, again, it was as thorough and as dominating as you can possibly imagine it would be. And, and oh, by the way, oh, by the way, Drew Brees with another four-touchdown game. Uh, he's now second all-time in the NFL history. Uh, he has 23. Uh, the leader is Peyton Manning with 26. So even though Peyton Manning is active, obviously, and Drew Brees is active, you know, he's just nipping at Peyton's heels. Seems, seems like Drew comes up with a four or five touchdown game here every other week. And, you know, he is as prolific as there is in the league, 34 for 41 for 392 yards. And, again, you know, he does it in such a way. He completed 19 consecutive passes. And at one point last night during that streak, I had no idea he was in the process of completing 19 straight passes because these are the things we have gotten accustomed to him doing. So, you know, again, he he just is – a phenomenal quarterback, a guy who understands the intricacies of Sean Payton's offense and who is able to execute those things down to the nth degree. Uh, completed passes to nine different receivers in a previous game this season. He completed passes to ten different receivers. So, you know, he spreads the wealth. All of these guys run their routes, and they run them hard because they never know when the football is going to come their way. You know, you could be primary or secondary or anything in between, you know, after that. And if you're open, Drew Brees is going to find you. He's going to get you the football, and that keeps all these guys happy. Uh, the football gets spread around. Again, Marcus Colston had been a little bit limited recently, did not play against the Jets because of injury. His catches have been down a little bit, but he ends up with seven four hundred and seven yards against the – team on Sunday night against who did we play producer Dan I've forgotten already <laughs> against the Cowboys I'm sorry folks I, I'm just kidding against the Cowboys and um you know the Cowboys really you know a, a beat up team and certainly uh Sean Payton noted that after the game but you know this is the way it is you got to beat up on the teams you're supposed to beat up on and nobody has sympathy for the Saints when they are missing starters and as a matter of fact um you know the two starting safeties Roman Harper and Malcolm Jenkins did not play on Sunday night for the second consecutive week. And Ben Watson, the tight end, left that game uh, with some concussion symptoms. And also, you know, some other players were injured and had to leave the game. So, you know, you've got to take advantage when the, when the, when the opportunity presents itself. And certainly the Saints did that. Raised their record to 7-2. and two. Still one game ahead of the Carolina Panthers in the NFC South Division. Carolina nipping on the Saints' heels. They've won five in a row. But the Saints are doing it, and they're doing it well at home, and they're still doing it in prime time. They are now 7-1 and one on Sunday night under Sean Payton. They're 11-2 and two on Monday night under Sean Payton. Unfortunately, not every game is going to be played on Sunday night or Monday night the rest of the season. In fact, San Francisco is going to come in on Sunday, and that's going to be about a 3.25 p.m. Central kickoff, 
But that's a team that the Saints are going to be looking forward to playing because San Francisco has given them fits the last couple of seasons. You know, no one can forget a couple of seasons when they eliminated the Saints from the playoffs in that wild game in Candlestick Park. So, you know, the Saints will looking will, will be looking to establish a little bit of supremacy over the San Francisco 49ers as they try to keep pace with the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle is still 9-1. and one. Uh, They don't seem like they're ready to come back to the pack, even though they're, you know, tempted to play some close games from time to time. But, you know, those guys are still stretching it out, so the Saints are going to have to keep pace. And one way to keep pace, obviously, is to beat the San Francisco 49ers. Now, Saints very successful on Sunday night. Pelicans, unfortunately, not so successful. A second loss within a week to the Phoenix Suns. And, and I don't know if Phoenix has our number right now or what, but uh, but uh, Pelicans did not shoot the basketball particularly well for a long stretch of that, stretch of that game. And uh, Phoenix is able to pull it out late. And so hopefully uh, on this three-game road trip, the Pelicans can kind of pull it together and and get it together and, and get a couple of wins here. They The team they're visiting Tuesday night, the Lakers, did beat the Lakers here in New Orleans last week. So, you know, certainly we'd like to see back-to-back wins over the Lakers. And Anthony Davis gave them fits here in New Orleans. So let's see if AD can do the same thing out in California. So, again, you know, the Pelicans want to get back on the right track, slip to three and four, want to get back to 500. So hopefully they can manage to do that. Got a full show here on the Black and Blue Report today. Uh, we're going to be visited by former Saints coach Jim Mora, who was in the house on Sunday night as the Saints had their inaugural class inducted into the Ring of Honor. Also going to be joined by Pelicans forward Anthony Morrow, who talked to our Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. Jim had a nice little sit-down with Anthony, the three-point specialist. And so we're going to have a full show. We're also going to have some comments from Coach Payton from his Monday press conference, as we generally do. Uh, Coach Payton addresses the media on Monday, kind of cleans up what we saw on Sunday, and gives us maybe a little preview looking into the San Francisco 49ers game. So stick and stay with us, join us, and don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue, congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center has the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an auctioner affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1 866 auctioner. That's O C H S N E R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Well, welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Uh, we are here joined now by former Saints coach Jim Mora. And uh, folks, Jim Mora. Uh, is the all-time winningest coach in Saints franchise history with 93. So don't uh, don't discount him a little bit. I mean, you know, he's not so far out of our memories that we can't remember what he did for this franchise. And uh, Coach Moore, you were at the Sunday night game. I guess first give us your impressions of that game. Well, my impressions are pretty darn good. 
It was a uh, dominating performance by the Saints, uh, I think both especially offensively, uh, setting records, uh, team records, uh, NFL records offensively. Uh, defense, I thought, played very well. I think the defense was helped by the uh, dominance of the offense. The defense didn't play a whole lot, especially in the first half, because the offense was dominating the game from a time standpoint. But uh, it was an extremely impressive performance by the Saints. And, uh, you know, they seemed to do so very well in the Dome, obviously. And primetime games, their record is phenomenal. So uh, I know they got a, a tough stretch coming up here the, the rest of the season with some tough games. But, uh, boy, they're playing extremely well right now. Now, you coached a couple of teams really well in the Dome, uh, the Saints, and as well as the Indianapolis Colts. And, and the myth or the, or the saying, I guess, is that a lot of Dome teams don't play as well on the road or outside. Uh, just talk about that a little bit. I mean, how much – of a myth is that I mean you know you see teams go on the road and certainly I guess it's difficult to win on the road in the in the NFL under any circumstance I, I think it's a big myth uh and I'm not going to brag a little bit but our, our when I was coaching the Saints our home our, our away record was one of the best in the National Football League over the, the time that I coached the Saints and I I never felt like that going on the road was a big disadvantage college NFL whatever and 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 I always preached just preached it to the teams that I coached, said, hey, you know, I don't care where we play. If we play better football than our opponent, it, it doesn't matter who's in the stands. You know, it, it matters what happens out on the field between the lines. So I always push that with the team, and, I, and I've always felt that. And, 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 you know, there might be a little advantage for playing at home, but I think if you play better than the other guys and you're the better team and you're the better prepared and you got the better players and all, you can win on the road. It's not, it's not where you have to feel like you're a – at a disadvantage because you're the road team. I really believe that, and I also believe that about being a dome team and playing outside. Uh, you can't let or you can't even think about the fact that that that's a disadvantage because you're a dome team that you got to play outside. I don't care if it's snowing, raining, cold, hot, whatever. You know, go out there and win because you're the better team that day, and that's that's what teams have got to think. And you know the and they've got to believe that and I've always felt that way very strongly now Sunday night was um you were you were present and obviously it was a, a huge night in the in the franchise history uh, the inaugural class of the ring of honor uh, three very worthy honorees in Archie Manning and Ricky Jackson as well as Willie Rofe and, and let's go down I guess individually for the three I know Archie didn't play for you in New Orleans but you're pretty familiar with him well, I know Archie very well. I coached his son Peyton for four years at Indianapolis, his first four years. I've known the family. You know, Archie has always been connected with the Saints, uh, even after his playing career was over. So when I was coaching here, we got to know each other pretty darn well. But, you know, very deserving of the of the Ring of Honor uh, award. Uh, had, had a ter terrific career with the Saints. He himself, the team didn't uh, – you know, have great years or good years even. I don't think they had a winning season. I don't even know if they were 8-8 eight eight when he was the quarterback, but he certainly was uh, a great player and a great leader, great quarterback, and uh, has been a, a phenomenal uh, individual here in New Orleans over the years and, and for the Saints and for the community and uh, well-deserving Ring of Honor award. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think it was a late Saints coach Hank Stram who called him a, a franchise quarterback without a quarter without a franchise back when he was playing. Now you you yeah. did coach Ricky Jackson. Um, you know, you, obviously you didn't draft Ricky. He was here when you got here, but certainly uh, he had an, a big impact on that defense and and eventually ends up in the in the Hall of Fame. Right, and, and you know he deserved to be in the Hall of Fame, and I, I was happy when he got you know submitted. He got he got uh, got that uh, that recognition. Uh, Ricky was a great player and uh, tough, uh, you know, there every week, hard-nosed, uh, you know, stayed healthy, never missed a game. I, he missed a few games once because he was in a car accident after one of the games when I was coaching here. He was supposed to miss five or six weeks, and he was back in a couple of weeks with one of those uh, masks on his helmet. But uh, just tough and, and competitive and, and uh, talented and a leader on the team, and, uh, you know, over a long period of time, he had a terrific career and was a great player the whole time. You know, when you've got a guy like Ricky Jackson, how much does it mean to have him available? I mean, I I think uh, people note a lot of talents, but availability is one of the ones that kind of gets overlooked, and I guess it really doesn't matter how good a guy is if he's not available to play. Right. Well, that's important. You know, there are a lot of guys that, that are injury-prone or – you can't count on, on them to be there or they're missed practice time and you worry about them, whether or not they're going to be ready for a game. R- Ricky, Ricky was out to practice every day. He, he never missed practice. He, he, you know, he wasn't a guy that's going to be in the training room and he had concerns about whether or not he was going to be ready to play. He was ready to play. He's ready to practice every day. He's ready to play every week. And that's, that's extremely important. Extremely important. And now- he was a guy you could count on. He's a guy that showed up. And, and it just showed up for work every day and worked hard. Yeah, and the the final member of that class, uh, Willie Rofe, a guy who was drafted under your um, regime, yourself and general manager, the late general manager, Jim Finks, and he turned out to be a gem. I think he was the number eight overall pick, and, and at the time a lot of people around here didn't know a whole lot about the kid from Louisiana Tech, and he turned out to be uh, quite the pick. Well, yeah, he, Willie, you could tell from the very first day he stepped put on the practice field uh, a week after we drafted him and, and we had a mini camp. He walked out on that field and you could see the way he, he looked, the way he moved, his quickness, his athletic ability for a big man. You could tell that he was going to be uh, something special and he certainly was. Uh, I, can't even, I can't even put into words what a great player he was. He very talented guy, athletically. I mean, a guy that weighed over 300 pounds that had a very quick feet big, strong, powerful guy, uh, ideal left tackle because he could pass protect, he could run block, he could do it all. Good guy to have on the team, well-liked, well-respected, good attitude, all those kind of things. He had it all, and uh, I think he's I think he's one of the best offensive linemen to play in, in the National Football League. I'm talking about ever. Now, if, if memory serves me, didn't Willie start as a rookie? And if I'm not mistaken, he, I think oh, yeah. he kind, of, kind of made oh, yeah. a veteran. Yeah, he, started, uh, expendable. he started from day one. The day we drafted him, he was our starter. <laughs> now, that would be the inaugural class. I guess we can't get a much higher class than that, Willie also being in, in the NFL Hall of Fame. But right. at some point, right. we're going to get on to a number two class, and I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see Jim Moore in that class. Well, I don't know about that, but uh... – that would be quite an honor, but I'm sure there's a, a lot of uh, very quality candidates that uh, would go in before I would go in, if, if, if I would go in at all. I mean, I, I'm talking about guys like Jim Thinks. Um, I think Morton Anderson. I, I think Morton Anderson should be in the Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and he's certainly 
uh, deserving of, of the ring of honor. Uh, I, I, one of my favorite players of all time was Sam Mills. And, uh, I, I, I mean, Sam Mills, the, the Carolina, he, he played for about two or three years with the Carolina Panthers. They got a statue of him outside the stadium there in Carolina. So if they thought that much of him in, in, in three years or however long he played for him, I mean, he was with us for like nine years and he was a special player. So th- there's a lot of good candidates for the ring of honor. Well, there are a lot of great candidates, but I can't think of any any more deserving of you. I mean, this does also go to coaches, and and you do happen to be the 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 winningest coach in in franchise history, and took this team to the playoffs four times, and when they had no idea really what success was all about. Well, I had some good players, Rick, guys like Ricky and Bobby A. Bear and Stan Brock and Hobie Brenner and Sam Mills, Vaughn Johnson, Pat Swilling. Uh, guys like that you know when you got guys like that you're going to win some football games they're easy easy to coach teams when you got players like that well coach we appreciate you joining us we uh, hope to see you in new orleans a little bit more often uh, with some games on on saturday on sundays excuse me i i know uh you you're working more in the uh, in the television industry nowadays and a lot of people who remember you from coaching here are saying you know jim Moore in the tv industry <laughs> i know you've been in it for a while but do you still get that that look and that talk from people well, I enjoy doing it. Uh, I'm not doing it as much as I was there for a while, but I enjoy doing it. And it's coming back here and doing some stuff for WDSU. It gives me an opportunity to uh, come back to New Orleans, watch the Saints play, uh, visit friends, things like that. And I always coming back. I love this city. I love this team. And uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a pleasure for me to come back and spend some time here. Well, hey, Coach, we appreciate you joining us here on the Black and Blue Report. And we will be back in a moment with an interview by Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com with Pelicans forward Anthony Morrow. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. This is Pelicans guard Anthony Morrow, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back again. We mentioned earlier Pelicans had a difficult loss in Phoenix last night, dropped to three and four, and uh, you know they're trying to get back to 500. And Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com caught up with Anthony Morrow to talk about the game. Obviously, you guys didn't get the result that you were looking for against Phoenix, but um, you you continue to have a, a really good start to the season. Uh, you talk about uh, just the, the way that you've been playing and, and the way that the, the start that you've had individually so far. Well, uh, just you know, every day taking the same approach, just uh, sticking with routine. Um, you know, from an individual standpoint, and just wanting to come in and give the team energy. You know, I'm uh, challenging myself defensively to learn the new schemes. Uh, it's all new, pretty much. You know, Monty's. Uh, scheme defensively but you know it's great and I think we all believe in it and we all buying in 
And um, I just want to continue to do those things I've been doing to stick to my routine. Some of the games you, you might not play a ton of minutes. Against Phoenix, you played a lot in the fourth quarter, I think maybe the entire fourth quarter. Yeah. But uh, you have games where you only take three or four shots, but you seem to, to make the most of it. Uh, how do you? How have you been You know, coming in and, and just being so efficient in, in the whatever amount of time that you play? It's just that's the that's the that's the grind. That's the work. The work, you know, in, in practice, after practice, before practice, and that's just you know being efficient is something I home had on since I've been in the league, and uh, just something I'm gonna continue to work to continue to do. You know, can't get off your routine. Um, just gonna continue to challenge myself defensively. Like I said, I'm just blessed to be here. And just wanna continue to work hard. I know we talked a lot in, in preseason about how last year you didn't get necessarily the, the opportunity that you that you could have gotten. Um, what's it been like so far? Uh, the, the chances that you've gotten to play and the fact that you're you're shooting, I think, almost sixty percent on three pointers. You just you, you know just capitalizing really on the, on the chances that you've been getting. Uh, you know, it's just you know understanding the moment. You know what I'm saying? Coming here and being in a good position. Um, you know, not worrying about anything negative. Just trying to focus on the positive. We got a great group here, um, good nucleus, man. Guys, no egos, no. And um, we're continuing to grow. You know, and it's not it's not perfect, of course. We're gonna continue to grow, we're gonna continue to grind, and I'm just glad to be a part of that. So you know, every day I'm gonna just continue to do my my routine and just come and bring what I need to bring to the team every day. Certainly, uh, it was it was a tough uh, loss at Phoenix, but the, the two games before that seemed like the team was making a lot of progress and just had a couple of really impressive wins. Where do you think you guys are at right now at this stage in the season? Uh, I think we're good. I think we're at a, a, a good a good mentality right now. I think we had a good place mentally. Uh, we just understanding you know more the moment, and I think we understood it today. It got away from us at the end. But, uh, you know, I think guys are coming together and rallying at the end of games, understanding that, you know, as a team, we can we play so hard that it makes up for mistakes. So we just want to continue to uh, just build on, on what, we, what we're doing and limit mistakes as much as possible. Thanks, Jim. More to come on the Black and Blue Report in one minute. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Sure, other fans are hungry for a win. But here in New Orleans, we make sure that you're well-fed, too. With tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. Loving the Saints is like the freshness of Cane's. All day, no quit. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans and pick the games you want to watch at the newly renovated New Orleans Arena. With our five-game flex plan presented by Mannings, we have a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $45 and feature the best seat locations to see all-star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. And with the purchase of every plan, you'll receive a free $25 Mannings gift card while supplies last. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today. Follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Report. Welcome back. As we told you, Monday is Coach Sean Payton's presser. And so he kind of cleaned up what we saw on Sunday night. And Coach Payton opened up talking about how difficult or easy it might be to keep a team level-headed after it loses one week and wins the next. I, you know, I think that's one of the, the challenges each week is to you know allow that 24-hour period make corrections um you know you can you can lose a game once and win a game once and that's it and then kind of very quickly get 
get going on the next week's uh, opponent. We try to do that, and we talk oftentimes about eliminating the noise that oftentimes goes on outside with the, the amount of coverage we get. Coach Payton also talked about running back Mark Ingram, who had his best day as an NFL player. I think you, you saw you saw a player that ran hard and had holes and um, did a lot of the things that I'm sure he felt he could do and he got the right opportunity and, and the right number of touches. So I thought he played he played exceptionally well. When we come back, more from Coach Payton's press conference on Monday. Are you ready for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health care reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. Now, it wasn't the longest media session for Coach Payton this season, but he talked about several subjects. And among those subjects, the way the defense played on Sunday night. When that game, I think, became one-dimensional, I think that really uh, favored us. Early on, they had some big runs, I thought. On the defensive side of the ball, we contested the passing game well. We got enough pressure, you know, and I thought it was a good team win. But I thought defensively, um, against a pretty good offense, we did a good job of contesting the throws and, you know, getting through that early portion of the game where they had some big runs. I thought that was important. And, of course, anyone who's watched the Saints has noted the way this team is able to execute screen passes. There was one right at the end of the first half. A screen pass from Drew Brees to Darren Sproles that resulted in a touchdown. That was Drew, and and that was his anticipation. You know, he had that call, and you know, we get in one of those two-minute drills. He's real good about kind of taking the drill, hand, handling the the clock, and then you know, I'll beep in periodically. Clock stops, or third down, or reminders, or maybe, but the timing was perfect. Well, that's going to do it for today's Black and Blue Report. Please join us tomorrow again on Pelicans.com as well as NewOrleansSaints.com. I will not be with you. Sean Keller will be back in the big chair where he belongs. However, he'll be doing the show from L.A., so we will catch him from Los Angeles. I'm John DeShazer. This is the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.